Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Sit back, get cozy, and be prepared to be very scared. No one's family is really normal. We all have our own unique circumstances, baggage, and secrets. But at the end of the day, family, be it chosen or biological, is bound together. Sometimes that's a good thing to have your family's protection, but other times it's your family that can lead you down a very dangerous path that you may not survive. Either way, family is always there. First, red eyes scream danger, followed by dying to escape. Then, where the dead reside. Finally, in our featured story, Monsters in New Orleans. So, want to hear something scary? Blood is thicker than water. Sometimes, you don't want to be associated with your family, but family ties still bind, even if it puts your life in danger. Like in this story, inspired by Titus. When my grandmother Pearl was a teen back in the 1940s, she lived on a farm in Oklahoma with her family. As the oldest sibling, she was tasked with helping the adults with chores around the farm. Her routine was the same every day. Collect eggs, milk the cows, and keep any predators away from the animals. One day, during her chores, she was told that her papa was late returning home. As alarming as it was to Pearl, it didn't seem to concern her mother. Once every few weeks, her papa would go out into the bayou, stay a couple of hours doing who knows what, then return with a bright smile on his face. But this felt different. For one, it was 7 p.m., so dinner was almost ready. Papa could never resist his wife's cooking, so it was odd he didn't show up. Second, there had been recent reports of an infestation of alligators in the bayou. 
A couple of weeks prior, the family's farm dog had gone missing, presumably taken by one. Everyone knew that Pearl's papa was scared stiff by any reptile, especially alligators. Despite those red flags, no one paid much attention to the news. Hours passed and the family ate, got cleaned up, then went to bed. It seemed they all just thought Papa would return in the morning. In the middle of the night, Pearl was jolted awake by a guttural screech. Thinking it was a wolf, she rolled over to try to fall back asleep. When she heard the screech again, she thought it sounded more human. Too scared to move, she lay still, listening. After the third time, this one, much closer to her window, she was compelled to look outside. Very quietly, she made her way over. Her jaw dropped as she looked out. It was Papa. She woke her mother and nearly tore the door down to get inside to her Papa. But as soon as she ran with her arms ready to feel the loving embrace of her father, she stopped. That wasn't Papa, or at least it wasn't the one she knew. His beard was smeared with saliva and dried blood. His salt and pepper hair was now completely white and his once strong stomach gave way to ribs. But the most striking feature was his eyes. They weren't the warm brown eyes she loved. Instead, red and glowing with no pupil visible. Whatever this thing was, Papa was gone and somehow, Pearl knew it would do horrible things to her and her family if she allowed it to touch her. Without thinking, she shouted for her mom to grab the shotgun. She ran back into the house and locked the door. Pearl and her mother sat guarding the window through the night. They heard the creature bang and claw at the door, emitting howls that she still swears were from the depths of hell itself. Morning came and everything went quiet. Her mother cautiously opened the door and saw nothing. They called the police and aside from a dozen missing chickens, found nothing. My grandma Pearl never saw Papa again. A few years later, everyone moved from the farm in Oklahoma and the nightmare faded from their minds. As Pearl grew older, she heard the rumors that her Papa had eventually died. But with no body for proof, Pearl had other suspicions. Through her research, She says that whatever had taken over my great-grandfather was pure evil and is now actively looking for another host. The problem, my grandma Pearl told me, is that now that it has tasted the vitality of my great-grandfather, it wants his male descendants. Lucky for me, because I was adopted, she said that the demon wouldn't be able to pick out my scent. But unfortunately, That's not the same for my cousins. It's been a few years since I had heard that story, but it's always in the back of my mind. The reason I'm telling you is because of my cousin, Giovanni. He's made bad decisions for most of his life, and I visited him last week to try and help. Aside from losing a few pounds, he almost looks the same. But when I really looked closely, he's developed a bright streak of gray hair and he keeps complaining of a burning sensation in his eyes that give them a tinge of red color. My fear is that this demon has found his next host, and I don't know how to protect my family the way my grandmother Pearl did all those years ago. 
Have you ever thought your family was in danger from something evil or supernatural? How are you able to protect them? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. The death of a loved one can leave a family devastated, but if they never leave... What might happen could be even worse. As in this story, inspired by the South Carolina ghost story, adapted by Janine Pipe. Mrs. Legree looked at her eldest daughter, Julia, and sobbed. She rushed over to the bed and held Julia in her arms. She was still warm, and Mrs. Legree could almost fool herself that her firstborn was still alive. She had been forcibly removed by her husband and their longtime housekeeper, and as the family doctor closed Julia's eyes and placed a sheet over her head, Mrs. Legree screamed in anguish, and her two younger daughters joined in, mourning the loss of their sister. Mrs. Legree was able to busy herself with the duties and formalities required for the burial of one's child over the next few days, despite being bereaved with grief. Julia had been a very popular and beloved young lady, and the entire South Carolinian town was saddened by her early passing from such a quick illness that had taken far too many too soon. Julia was placed in an ornate coffin, and as they closed the gate to the family mausoleum, the only comfort Mrs. Legree felt was knowing her daughter's final resting place was with their ancestors. The mausoleum remained tightly shut for many years until the next member of the family passed. 
no one had visited for a long time, choosing to remember Julia in prayer at the local chapel rather than enter the cold, dark, and somewhat spooky enclosure. As the family bowed their heads, the pallbearers carrying the coffin of a great aunt, intending to place it next to Julia's, there was a scream. Mrs. Legree fell to the floor before her husband could catch her, one shaking finger pointing at Julia's coffin. It was open, and Julia's remains, now just bones swaddled in the dress she had been buried in, were laying next to it, not inside it. Mr. Legree beckoned to his daughters to sit with their mother while he approached the coffin with caution. Although it had been a bright and pleasant day just moments ago, a dark cloud had robbed the sky of sunshine and the mausoleum of any natural light. The candle he held flickered as he opened the empty wooden box fully. Oh dear God, he said as the others crowded round. The shocked silence was only broken by the occasional intake of breath or sob from Mrs. Legree as they took in the sight. The underneath of the lid and the inside of the coffin itself were laden with scratches, some so deep they still held fingernails which had been ripped from their beds. In some horrifically cruel twist of fate, Julia had not been dead, but merely in a coma when she was nailed into the coffin, when she had awoken in a pitch blackness trapped inside the wooden box. She had used all her strength to rip herself out. Yet, although she had managed to free herself from one prison, she had not the strength remaining to pry open a heavy gated door. And since no one visited for so many years, she had perished on the floor alone, likely from dehydration. Julia was given a second burial, and this time Mrs. Legree and her daughters chose to regularly visit the building. The thing was no matter what they said, the door to the mausoleum would not remain shut. They imported the most expensive wood and then metal, employed the best carpenters, ironmongers, and stonemasons to at first fix and then make new doors. But no matter what they did, no matter how many locks and chains, padlocks and bars were placed upon it, whenever they returned to the site, it was always open. It would seem as though Julia was unable to escape in life. Her spirit was restless and refused to be locked inside the tomb, instead breaking open the door so she would never be trapped again. Would you be brave enough to enter an old mausoleum? Is the fear of being buried alive something that you have nightmares about? There is real magic to be found in old historic towns, but there's also a lot of creepy baggage that comes with it too. Like in this story, based on a true experience from Jaden. Growing up, I lived in the historical district in an old town called Inman. A lot of the houses, including ours, were built in the 1800s. My mom was a historian, so she specifically chose that town for her research. My father traveled a lot for work and wasn't around much. I always got the feeling he wouldn't be around much even if his job wasn't the thing keeping him away. I liked living in Inman. It was a great place for a kid to grow up. 
It was always bustling with fun events like town barbecues and parades. But when it got dark, it got eerie and quiet. Not much happened at night. And I never got bad vibes from the house, though. It was always warm and comfortable. The dark wood and detail in the molding had an inviting feel to it. It wasn't even something I thought about much until we got Melody for my birthday. Melody was my puppy. My mom always felt bad. It was just me and her most of the time, hence the little furry friend. With her around, I started to notice things I never had before. She would stare into nothingness at the same spots every day. She'd growl at things that had nothing wrong with them. My mom said it was just puppy stuff, but it really seemed like Melanie sensed something we didn't. One night, Melody was going crazy, howling and barking. On top of that, I remember hearing yelling downstairs. Mom and dad were arguing, which was strange. Not them arguing, but the fact that it was so loud, particularly at night when everyone could hear. I tiptoed down the stairs to see what was going on. But to my surprise, my parents weren't there. No one was there. Then I noticed the distinct smell of cigarette smoke. My parents didn't smoke. I only knew the scent from my Aunt Joni and I hated it. Totally freaked out, I headed back upstairs when I heard a voice. It was muffled, but it sounded like it said, I'm hungry. I bolted back up to my room and cried and cried until my mom came in. Thinking I had had a nightmare, she rubbed my back until I fell asleep. About a week later, I was getting ready for bed when I heard a loud banging. It sounded like pots and pans clanging together. I went downstairs to see what my mom was cooking so late. When I went down, again, nobody was there. I smelled smoke, too, like before. I began to feel out of control. My mind was saying move, but my body wasn't. Against my own will, I didn't run away. Instead, turning around. What I saw was more bizarre than scary. There was an older man in a long white nightgown smoking a cigarette. His presence was inviting and didn't seem threatening. Still, I just stood there, unable to move or speak until I heard my mom call for me. What are you doing down there? Get back to bed. I snapped out of the trance, ran up the stairs, and eventually fell asleep. I woke up to my father shouting at me from my bedroom door. He couldn't believe I had been so stupid and irresponsible. He just wanted to know where I got them from. I had no clue what he was talking about until he showed me a cigarette butt he was holding. He said he found it at the bottom of the stairs and was so disappointed in me. I swore blind it wasn't mine. I didn't know how to explain it was from the strange old man who had been in our house during the night. I could see my mom's concerned face and she looked at me. She knew something was wrong. After the tongue lashing and all my privileges were moved, my father finally left for work. My mother came into the room and sat on the bed. She had real fear in her eyes. She said, that cigarette wasn't yours, was it? I shook my head no. I hadn't considered that I should have been afraid of the old man until I saw my mother looking so scared. She didn't elaborate or ask me anything about it. It was like both she and the dog both knew something my father and I didn't but she wasn't going to share. We moved out of that house just a few months later. 
They said it was so we could finally be near my dad's job, but he still traveled for work, so that never really added up. Now, years later, when I was visiting my mother, she asked if I had ever heard or seen anything strange at the old house. I instinctively said no. I think I just didn't want to be reminded of the old man. I inquired as to why she was asking. No reason, she replied, and that was that, for now. I know that my mom wants to tell me something, but whatever it is, she is too afraid to say, and she's been too afraid for many years now. But I have a feeling, one day, very soon, all will be revealed, finally. Have you ever seen anyone strange inside your house who wasn't supposed to be there? Were they just a stranger or someone that's been there many years before you ever arrived? Tell us your stories by sending us an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells a terrible tale from New Orleans and animated over on youtube.com slash snarled. Typically, when we volunteer to offer aid, we know what we're getting into, but sometimes it's more than what we bargained for. Even worse, sometimes when we're trying to help, the situation ends up deadly, as in the story told by Jennifer Helen Coates. Growing up, Rochelle's mother implored her to never clean on New Year's. Three years, bad luck, she would say, her grip tight on Rochelle's wrists. Still, when the news of violent rains flooding New Orleans reached for her, Rochelle didn't hesitate to pack her bags and go down south to help her grandmother rebuild the streets of New Orleans. The streets of New Orleans were slick with muddy rainwater that made the quarter look dark and otherworldly. The hanging boughs of one's sturdy oak trees look more like gnarled faces. New Orleans had always been a living thing, swelling with superstition. She couldn't help but remember the tales of cursed wetlands and ghosts living in the swamps. They're just trees, Rochelle reminded herself as she approached her grandmother's pale blue Creole-style home. Come in quick, was her grandmother's only greeting on the rainy afternoon. An urgency in her voice, like someone was after her. The state of the home was much better than Rochelle expected, considering her grandmother hadn't left in days due to the storm. Only mounds of dust clumped in the oddest of corners. All the shades were drawn. The only source of light was a sturdy black candle burning on the fireplace mantle. Let's get some sunlight in here, Rochelle said, moving to draw the curtains open. Her grandmother gasped and tried to pull Rochelle's arm back. Not quick enough, Inside may have been tame, but outside was a messy web of branches. The garden was overrun with vines. They looked like snakes, sharp things ready to bite. What happened out there? Rochelle exclaimed with breathless panic. The house seemed poised to be swallowed. When Rochelle turned to her grandmother, she could now see the two red angry slashes on her arm. Did you fall in the garden, Gran? No, close the curtains, child. The garden's a beast that wants to be fed. 
Her grandmother begged, hands shaking on the curtains. Rochelle didn't ask again and turned to fix their plate of lucky black-eyed Susans for luck, for prosperity. When they went to bed, that odd black candle was still burning. Her grandmother refused to let Rochelle blow it out, saying only, it will keep us safe. The rain pounded harder that night, so hard it shook Rochelle from sleep. Wind scattered through the storm, sounding like a sharp wail, but the wail didn't stop. Gran? Rochelle called out. Only the wailing answered. From her bed, Rochelle crept to the window, following the sound. Down below, the garden seemed to have grown twice in size. Its vicious green mouth yawning wider, hungry for destruction. Rochelle pushed open the window, just an inch, and suddenly a vine crept in, slashing her around the wrist. Rochelle yanked her arm back, and the vine severed in two. When she looked down, she saw it, a angry red slash on her skin, just like her grandmother's. Then there was another wail. It sounded like her name being called, Rochelle. I'm coming, Gran, hold on. Rochelle raced to the garden, but hesitated at the door. It was too dark. There was nothing around her except the candle. Rochelle gripped it tight and stepped out into the night. Gran, are you there? A rustle of vines answered in the glow of the candlelight. Rochelle could see a pair of eyes under the brush. A sigh escaped Rochelle's lips. There you are, Gran. What are you doing out here? Let's get inside. As Rochelle reached under the dark leaves and vines, the winds shifted again, and the clump of vines and leaves grew larger and larger, bearing down on her. Rochelle, get out of there. Her Gran's voice broke through the swirling wind. Gran wasn't trapped in the brush, but standing wide-eyed with fear at the garden's entrance. Staring back at Rochelle was a vicious beast. It wasn't superstition. The rain had grown a ghoulish demon here in the garden and fed its bloodthirst until it choked for more life. But the rain stopped, and now it searched for something else to devour. Rochelle twisted in the grasp of the vines. I will devour you, the beast roared. A branch stuck to the Rochelle's stomach, piercing the skin. Snap. Rochelle tugged out of the beast's grip, the branch shattering. She raced back to her grand, the candle still flickering in the dark. Then Rochelle stopped. Just as the cursed rain had given the beast life, maybe the fire could will it away to clean the house for good. The beast unleashed another growl. The black bile of soil, mud, and melted tar sprang from its twisted maw, encoding Rochelle. She choked, barely able to breathe. The candle's light flickered close to snuffing out. Then there was Grant standing over Rochelle. The older woman grabbed the candle from Rochelle's hand and swiped it back at the beast. The flame singed one of the twisted roots hanging above them, and the beast let out a screeching howl of pain. Burn it, Grant, Rochelle implored to move from out of the brush. The older woman didn't hesitate. She threw the flame at the overgrown nightmare and the fire exploded across the garden. The deadly ghoul burned its life extinguished. The monster banished. A nightmare crept into day. All that stood in the fire's wake was a single oak tree. Its willowy branches hanging harmless in the now quiet winds. Rochelle took her grand's hand and ducked it back into the house. 
Some curses needed cleaning, and today was a day to trim evil and clean house. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Calvin Linderman. Additional audio editing by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.